this. All you did was listen for a few minutes. I thank you so much. Um, I do this show for the glory of God. I do it for you. And um, usually I'm one of the first partakers. And I have no idea who hears it. But I thank you to all the listeners. Thank you to all the platforms who give us the opportunity to share the gospel through music. Um, thank you to all the DJs, all the artists, all the labels, everyone who makes this show possible. And uh, thank you to the pioneers, like BB, people like B.B. Day and the Winans who, who broke through barriers and made music um, and for that we can play, that, that, you know, that, that paved the way. Um, so thank you to them. Thank you. To this, um, I have an attitude of gratitude. Honey, you got anything you want to say? Yes. I'm so amazed by all the people who are passionate about this part of ministries, and it is really, really encouraging, really encouraging. And I just want to keep pushing my husband and all those other DJs um, just go for it. Go for it and just give God the glory. This is Jeremiah Blygen, and I want to congratulate DJ3W and the Kingdom Minded Show. Your urban international station from around the way. WFNK all day. This is your girl, Marette Brown-Clark. I like this show. You're listening to Faith and Fashion 360 with my girl, Brianna. Oh, International station from around the way. WFNK all day. Hey, this is your girl, Marette Brown Clark. I like this show. You're listening to Fate and Fashion 360 with my girl, Brianna.
The first is that God is better than the world's best thing. God is better than the best thing that the world has to offer. Magnify, magnify, lift it on high. Spit a Spotify to qualify a spot on his side. I cannot modify, ratify. My mama made me apple pies, lullabies, and alibis. The book don't end with Malachi. Devil will win employee of the month by the dozen to one score in three years from the third when he doesn't. My village raised him a child, come through the crib and it's busting. You meet anyone from my city, they gon' say that we cousins. Shabak, Barack, edify. Electrify the enemy like Edwig till he petrified. Any petty Peter Petter group could get the pesticide. 79th, 79th. I don't believe in science. I believe in science. Don't believe in signing. I see dollar signs. Color white, color crime. Good God, the gift of freedom. Hosanna Santa invoked and woke up slaves from Southampton to Chatham Manor. My dream girls behind me feel like I'm James Early. The type of worship make Jesus come back a day early. With the faith of a pumpkin, see size mustard see here. For I will speak noble things as Trusting me, only righteous. I might just shrug at the skullduggery. I couldn't stand to see another rapper lose custody. Exalt, exalt, glorify. Descend upon the earth with swords and fortify the borders where your shortest lies. I used to hide from God, duck down in the slums like shh. I was lost in the jungle like Simba after the death of Mufasa. No hog, no meerkat. Hakuna Matata by day, but I spent my nighttime fighting with tears back. I prayed and prayed and left messages, but never got no hair back. Or so it seemed. A mustard seed was all I needed to sow a dream. I build the ark to gently, gently roll my boat down Noah's stream. Sometimes the path I took to reach my petty goals was so extreme. I was so far down in the mud, couldn't even let my light shine. But it was always there when I needed to phone a friend or use a lifeline. From a lofty height, we wage war on the poltergeist with the exalted Christ. Spark the dark with a pulse of light Strike a corpse with a pulse of life I spit on the title of tidal waves I spit on the apple and kill a worm A fire in Cali and swallow a valley For every African village burn J-Elect would have never made it Oh son of man, oh son of man Who was the angel in revelations With a foot on water and a foot on land Who was the angel that rode a Harley From the project to the house of parliament And opened the book in the devil's chamber And put the true name of the Lord on it Old Jerusalem, New Jerusalem Come strike this beast with a ball of fire They poisoned the scriptures And gave us the pictures of false messiahs It was all a lie Mystery Babylon, tell down, Satan's establishment crumbling down. This is the year that I come for the crown. Bury my enemies under the ground. Happy Sunday, everybody. This is your host, Brianna Fosu, and we are live here at WFNK Radio. This is Faith and Fashion 360. I am so happy to be back with you guys. Happy December. The year is over. It's done. We are just kind of looking at a couple more weeks and we can all triumphantly say that we made it through 2020 we did it we thought that you know it was kind of touch and go for a couple months there um but we have all successfully made it through eight months of pandemic of quarantine of changing around the things that we have done so we should all be very proud of ourselves we should all give ourselves a pat on the back for all of the things that we have done really well this year um and really just kind of acknowledge ourselves for being fans fantastic um so tonight on uh tonight's show we have a couple things um reality tv star spice talks her new athleisure line uh, mega stallions uh fashion nova collection debuts and draws in 1.2 million dollars of revenue within 24 hours um we're also going to be talking about the college admission scandal that i had spoken about maybe um 
probably at the top of the year, um, Olivia Jade, who is the daughter of um, Becky, aka Lori Laughlin, um, who was sentenced to a couple months in jail for um, pleading guilty to this very big college admission scandal. Um, she recently, Olivia Jade recently went on the Red Table Talk to speak with Jada Pinkett and Willow and um, Adrian Banfield Norris. And, um, you know, they spoke a little bit after that about you know, really what this opportunity for her to appear at the red table just kind of meant for white privilege and how her appearing on the red table was really just kind of the poster child and epitome of what white privilege is. Um, so I'll talk a little bit about that. Um, also, there was a white Spelman student who took to Instagram to talk about her love for um, the HBCU that she attended. Um, and I think it just kind of starts um, a really interesting conversation about being an ally, about, um, you know, what it means to um, enjoy black culture and, you know, sometimes what it means for us as black people to, um, you know, be kind of hypercritical of certain things. Um, so I'll, I'll definitely talk about that. Tiana Taylor announces that she's retiring from music. Um, she states that she asked Def Jam to drop her over 10 times. Um, and she just talks about how she needs to do this in order to be alive and around for her children. Um, Amazon pulls a black children's doll from the site after being described with dirty braid hair. So, you know, that one's going to be fantastic. That one's going to be interesting. And for our moving mountains, Kiki Palmer, um, you know, really get, has a transparent moment in one of her posts where she talks about her battle with PCOS, how she had to fight for that diagnosis, um, but just some encouragement for other black women who may be misdiagnosed, what they can do for to, to continue to advocate for themselves and continue to be their best and most healthy. Um, and last up, Miss Marsai Martin um, breaks the Guinness World Record for the younger youngest producer. Um, in in the world um so we'll be talking about all of that here at faith and fashion 360 make sure you get into all of this christmas music before we go um you know start talking about all of the exciting things that have been going on thanks for joining me thanks for being here get into some music and we'll be right back
you're listening to Jacinth Headlam, and I'm here on Faith and Fashion 360 with Brianna Ofosu. Tree. 
All right, all right. We are back here at Faith and Fashion 360. This is your host, Brianna Fosu, and we are live here at WFNK Radio. So reality TV dancehall star Spice is starting a new venture. The 38-year-old queen of dancehall exclusively told the Jasmine brand about her new clothing line, Gracie Nior. Um, Spice talked about the type of attire that would be included in her line and explained the meaning behind the name of her new business. She says, it's athleisure wear, comfortable is me. I like dress comfortable. I'm always on the go, always in the airport. I can just grab a tracksuit and go or a legging set or a t-shirt or something comfortable. So that's really why I stuck with that type of wear. She continued, Gracie Nior. My real name is Grace. I just added the E to, I just changed the E to I because the word Gracie means thankful. And I'm so thankful for my journey. Oh, I think it's Gracie. Like, grazie. Um, I'm so thankful for my journey and where I came from and everything. So I use Grassi from my real name. Um, the word Nior is a French word that means black. And you know, I'm an advocate for black people. So it just makes sense because everybody knows me. Um, I'm all for black, black power, black women's empowerment, everything all black. So that's where I infuse the two name, Grassi Nior. And that's how I came up with that name. Um, so it features really nice. And let me tell you something. I love athleisure. Like athleisure is fantastic to me. Um, you, I've seen it kind of, um, be named and categorized lately as something, but I feel like we've been doing it for so long. Like, you know, wearing, um, a pair of Adidas tracksuits with, um, you know, on their heels or, or something like that. Um, I'll post one of my favorite pictures of me doing an athleisure look. Um, make sure you're following me at faith and fashion 360, the radio show on Facebook, as well as faith and fashion 360 on Instagram. Um, but athleisure is just one of those things where you can dress it up. You can dress it down like it's a very versatile look um and she also has a lot of um couple cords um she has these really nice um velour like we know we love velour and as we're kind of getting into the thick of winter it's finally it's finally getting cold I, I almost thought for a second we weren't going to have a winter um but you know we um you know, we're in the thick of winter. It's starting to get pretty cold. Um, so she's got these really nice velour fabrics. They're super comfy and cozy. Um, you know, very nice spandex pieces, which are perfect for, um, curvier figures and things like that. She has the really nice, like reds, blacks, um, grays. She's got, striped thing she's got velour thing she's got monogram pieces um and i'll post that in case you want to find it um and i'm sure that it is sure to be affordable as well um so spice has that out if anybody doesn't know spice um i mean i would say that her music is not faith and fashion 360 approved but i am jamaican so i have you know dabbled and dippled into a lot of her music um but she's super big um within that scene in jamaica so um big ups to her shouts to her um this fall 2020 lookbook is everything like she's here next to um super i'm, I'm not really big into cars but she's here next to the super sleek car um and she's got her thigh high boots on and again that's one of those things you, that you can do with athleisure because um, typically 
those silhouettes are form-fitting like there's a not a lot of baggy things going on so you can do the thigh-high boots you can do heels and what have you she has a couple of jumpsuits um and she features pretty much um straight sizes plus sizes men and women um she has this really nice burgundy um jumpsuit that says la vie in noir yes so grazie i'm pretty sure was was kind of the name i don't i don't know that she pronounced it that way i was trying to be i was trying to be fancy um so she has that out so make sure you check that out shouts to spice for putting that out when we come back i'll be talking about miss meg the stallion who recently debuted her um I, I guess you could call it a collection for the the taller women so Meg the Stallion people typically make fun and, and try to get into all of the technicalities of her name but she she has a name because she's a taller woman like she's a taller more stately woman so um you know one of the things that she spoke about when she was talking about putting this line out was that um it's hard to find jeans and it's hard to find pieces sometimes as a taller person um because you you get the high waters or god forbid you you wash it and dry it which you really shouldn't do with your jeans that's just my tidbit just just a little aside um try not to do that it just you know it compromises the fabrics but anyway you know she just talked about those struggles of um you know purchasing pieces that fit that work that don't make her look like she's 10 feet tall because nothing fits and, and gets down to her ankles um so she put out um a line collaborated with fashion nova and um it did really really well it did very very well um so i'll talk about that when we come back i'm also going to be talking about um you know jada pinkett smith and olivia jade on the red table i'm gonna try not to stand on my soapbox too long so you're here with me at faith and fashion 360 get into some music and we'll be right back Oh 
I'm Pastor Phil Davis from Vader Shallow Church in Eastern Pennsylvania. Take some time to get the word in your life by stopping into your local church on Sundays or by listening to the Sunday Sermon at 10 a.m. on WFMK Radio. All right, all right, we are back here at Faith and Fashion 360. This is your host, Brianna Fosu, and we are live here at WFNK Radio. So Meg Thee Stallion's debut Fashion Nova collection draws in $1.2 million within 24 hours. Go off, sis. You better do it. Um, so, you know... This was a very highly anticipated launch uh, for Fashion Nova. She collaborated with Fashion Nova um, several weeks ago. The fashion line consists of premium denim, um, corset bodysuits, tops with matching pants, jaw-dropping dresses, and more. Um, So, you know, this was something that, you know, she put out because of her own struggles. Um, and, And what more to sell something than to to be transparent and talk about, you know, things that you have struggled with. Um, So there were a total of 106 pieces and the capsule collection ranged in price from $24.99 to $199.99. It's available exclusively at Fashion Nova and a lot of the pieces have already sold out. Um, And again, just within 24 hours, she pulled in $1.2 million in sales. Um, Now, I know a couple of my friends who, you know, purchased a couple of these pieces um they you know weren't necessarily too pleased as far as the um structure of some of the pieces like I know one of my girlfriends she posted up some of it and um you know the corset pieces specifically she was just talking about how she didn't necessarily feel like it was something that would be able to support her so although it was nice although the quality you know was good and stuff she felt like she needed to size up one and then even in sizing up she didn't necessarily necessarily feel like the support was there um for for that particular body type um so, you know, one of the things that Meg Thee Stallion said, designing this line with Fashion Nova has been a labor of love. Not only am I able to bring my signature look to all of the hotties out there, but I was able to create sexy and beautiful clothing that fit bodies of all shapes, sizes, and heights. If you're a tall girl like me, finding clothes that have savage style has never been easy until now. This collection was inspired by Megan's unwavering confidence, fearless style, and infectious personality. This was said by Fashion Nova founder and CEO Richard Sajian. Every piece was meticulously designed with exceptional fabrics and a variety of looks and prints to make our customer stand out and feel empowered. And we are excited to finally bring our creative collaboration with her to life for everyone to experience. Um, Now, originally, it seemed like this was just going to be like a denim situation so you know she talks about how you know denim was difficult for her to find as um somebody who is I believe she's five seven I believe she's five seven but anyway so she she spoke about that and you know that was something that they were really pushing so she had um like checkered um you know checkered pattern denim she had the 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 denim with um you know like the the denim at the bottom that had like the strings like the crisscross and she's from she's from Houston Texas too so a lot of it is very like you know um like Texas style like stuff that you you 
we may not wear here in the Northeast, but you buy it again because it's Meg Thee Stallion. She's got the cowboy boots going on. Um, so again, it is definitely very her, but, um, originally I thought that it was just going to be a denim situation. Um, but they really opened the line up to, dresses, corsets, bodysuits, you know, things like that. And, you know, I think similar to the struggles of shopping as a plus size consumer, I could see, you know, trying to shop as a, a taller consumer because your body just does something different. Like your body, um, typically the lower half of you, does a lot more than the top half and and typically if the torso on the pieces are not correct you wind up looking stumpy or you just you know wind up being all legs it it shortens you out you know it does different things that you don't necessarily want your body to do so I think that this collection um was very on time because this is a population that you don't necessarily think about being marginalized as far as shopping goals as far as you know being able to get quality pieces goes um and again she did really good at um you know expanding that out to all sizes um fashion nova typically goes up to a 3x um so her pieces did the same thing um you know they're not any more expensive than other fashion nova pieces you know fashion nova is pretty um you know fiscally sound as far as you know their pricing goes they are you know pretty um you know light on the pocket um so this is definitely um you know something that was needed for that population yep it goes up to it goes up to an extra large you know pretty much in those street sizes and then she has her plus sizes as well um everything is like super comfy and chic and like you know kind of like that texas um you know country shabby chic situation going on a lot of her models have the cowboy hats and you know a lot of ripped denim um and you know it's just super comfortable and it is available now on fashion nova i could definitely see why um you know it brought in the money i think you know while it is fantastic that it was geared towards the taller population she still made it open for everybody so you know shouts to Meg the Stallion she continues to do fantastic things no matter the adversity that she has faced throughout the year we're not going to talk we're not going to talk about that um, but she definitely has faced some things for her to continue to stay on top and for her to continue to rise. So make sure you shop that collection that is available now on FashionNova.com. They've got just about everything you need. There's no shortage of colors, sizes, shapes, and patterns. Um, so you're here with me at Faith and Fashion 360. When we come back, I'll be talking a little bit about the college admission scandal, which kind of rocked me when I first spoke about it um a while back just because um it really is a testament to the gap that is America the gap that is um people who have money and the people who do not the gap between um just getting special treatment and being able to do certain things with no consequences 
And I try not to get upset about these things because I know people who struggle to get into some of these Ivy League um, institutions. I know people who couldn't afford and had to settle for something that, um, you know, they didn't want to settle for. I, I've read stories about, you know, moms who changed their kids' address to a family member's in order to afford them a better education and have been locked up. And, you know, there are just things that, are unfair that is really the that's that's the only word I can use it's just unfair and um you know Olivia Jade went on to Red Table Talk with Jada Pinkett um you know just kind of talk about her experience um and she she acknowledges her white privilege which again trying not to roll my eyes about um so get into some music when we come back i am going to like i said i'm going to have one foot off the soapbox like i'm gonna try not to stay on it too long so you're here with me at faith and fashion 360 get into some music and we'll be right back Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. 
Brown Clark, I like this show. You're listening to Faith and Fashion 360 with my girl Brianna. Child that you deliver 
back here at Faith and Fashion 360. This is your host, Brianna Fosu, and we are live here at WFNK Radio. Okay, so I am going to try to make this one as, um, I'm going to try to take my feelings out of this one as much as I can, but I am not sure. So at the top of the year, I had um, covered a story involving Lori Laughlin. Uh, Felicity Huffman and about a hundred other Caucasian parents who are involved in one of the largest college admission scandals ever. Um, and this was something that really bothered me. It really troubled my spirit, especially as um, an African-American who has gone on to achieve higher education um, and just knowing some of the sacrifices that my mom and my family have gone through in order to um, get me into these places, some of the things that we've had to do economically, financially, um, in order to make sure that these things happen. So when you read stories like this of people who, um, you know, attempt to get around what is a very grueling process and you know a lot of us kind of know the the repercussions of higher education as we sit and we look at hundreds of thousands of dollars of student loans um you know you look at people kind of getting in the back door or attempting to go through the back door and it does something to you it really does it does something to you because there's a process there are rules and some people just feel like they can just ignore said rules. So fast forward, um, Olivia Jade, the daughter of Lori Laughlin, reached out to the Red Table Talk. Now, the Red Table Talk is a show on Facebook Watch that is hosted by multi-generational family of Jada Pinkett Smith. So that's um, her daughter, Willow Smith, and that is her daughter, Adrienne Banfield Morris, her mother, Adrienne Banfield Morris. So apparently Olivia Jade had reached out to the Red Table Talk to sit down with them and kind of um, have... 
uh, uh, talk about what this kind of did to her world and <clears throat> offer some kind of redemption. I, I'm, I'm not really sure after watching the episode what her goal was, but what I can say is it didn't, I didn't walk away feeling like, wow, I feel for her. I'm just going to be honest. I didn't. Um, so just to kind of refresh you, Lori Laughlin and her husband, designer Mosimo Giannulli, admitted to paying William Rick Singer $500,000 to help get their two daughters admitted to one of Los Angeles' most prestigious universities, USC, the University of Southern California. Um... It was that big mistake, which their daughter, Olivia Jade Giannulli, calls it, that landed her parents behind bars. Behind bars for several months. I should just trickle in there. So having kept quiet about the entire ordeal since the scandal broke, Olivia Jade opted to utilize Red Table Talk as her safe haven to talk about it. And Jada Pinkett Smith's mom was not having it. Um, so they were very honest prior to even having her kind of come into the room, come to the table um, about their disagreement on having her be on the show. So one of the things that Adrian said was, I fought it tooth and nail. I just found it really ironic that she chose three black women to reach out to for her redemption story. I feel like here we are, white woman coming to black woman for support when we don't get the same from them. And Jada's response, again, did not make me feel any better because one of the things that I think is equally important to, um, you know, talking about race relations and talking about bridging the gap are equally important to white people acknowledging their privilege are black people acknowledging their lack of privilege. And the fact that we do not get the same opportunities, the fact that we do not have the same experiences, the fact that we are not treated one and the same. And I feel like sometimes I look at people, I look at people's inability or, or the, the way that they kind of skirt past the fact that they are different and people are just going to treat you differently because that's the world we're in. And it annoys me because it's almost like, do you, do you see yourself? Have you looked in the mirror and you understand that there is a difference? Now, you know, take away the fact that you are economically better off, you are in a whole different tax bracket than the rest of us are, but you walk into the room and a lot of people still identify you as black. And that doesn't come with a positive connotation. So one of the things that Jada said was, I, you know, um, I, I saw myself in her basically in a way that I didn't want. I never want people to look at me the way that people are looking at her in regards to her parents. So I always thought that I knew what was best for my children. And I know that Trey, Jaden and Willow may have felt the same way in me making decisions for them and people judging them off of those decisions. No, I, I, I can't say that I agree with that. 
because I feel like in that way, African-Americans who, you know, happen to be in better opportunities, you do so so that your your kids can continue to, you know, break the cycle of poverty and break the cycle of feeling like we can't have because that is our history, just not having and people feeling like we cannot have, but I digress. So Olivia Jade went on to the Red Table Talk and, um, you know, she kind of, you know, spoke about how um, she hasn't spoken her, to her parents recently due to COVID-19 um, restrictions. And, you know, what she said was what happened was wrong. And I think every single person in my family can look at it and be like, that was messed up. That was a big mistake. But I think what's so important to me is to learn from the mistake, not to be shamed and punished and never given a second chance. I'm 21. I feel like I deserve a second chance to redeem myself, to show I've grown. And I will say that that in context to that, basically, um, you know, she had she she's she's an influencer and stuff like that. And she kind of got on her YouTube channel and was not remorseful. She was very confused as to why this was a big deal. And she actually said that out her mouth while she was on the Red Table Talk was she didn't understand why it was a big deal. And she said she was embarrassed to admit the fact that those were her thoughts, but that those were her thoughts. She wasn't sure why this was a problem. And I guess my question regarding that is this was someone again. And 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 this is me just speaking from experience. I'm a graduate of the University of Southern California. I know how difficult it is to get into that school. So you're trying to tell me that. I really do. I want to provide grace, God. I do. I really, really do. But I, you're trying to tell me that you knew that your grades were not up to par. You knew that you hadn't done anything outstanding um, at school. You knew that you didn't get into any extracurriculars. You didn't do no community service. You didn't do any of that. You just flew by the seat of your pants. And for some reason, you thought that this was acceptable. And that this was okay. And I just think that her presence on the Red Table Talk, again, sitting sitting at a table with black women, again, just emphasizes the fact that they know what our influence is. They know that the pressure... We can apply via social media, via talk show, via whatever it is. They know the pressure that we can apply. And she was very aware of that as she reached out to them for that opportunity. But I think in like she bungled the opportunity because I still don't feel like there was any accountability. And we're not going to blame it all on my parents. Going back to just saying, like, again, she she hadn't done she hadn't done anything phenomenal. She hadn't done anything to deserve to get into an institution like this. But somehow you felt like it was okay. And Adrian Banfield, she tore her new not even tore her a new one. But, you know, one of the things she said was we have gone through so much within you know, the past eight months in in this time as a community, 
that your problems right now to me, the fact that you lost your endorsements, the fact that you're not in school and that you're 21, that those are small potatoes to me. That's not something that matters in my world. That's not something that matters for a lot of black people because you have the the mothers who did something similar and tried to offer opportunity for your children and they were thrown in jail. The Kelly Williams Bowler, the Tanya McDowells, they were thrown in jail for fudging the address in order to get their kids in a better school district. If anybody has not... um, Right up on those two stories, I will absolutely post. Make sure you're following me on Faith and Fashion 360, the radio show. Um, Kelly Williams Bowler served nine days in jail in 2011 after she was found guilty of using her father's address instead of her own in an attempt to have her daughters enrolled in a better school district than the Akron, Ohio one they were slated for. Williams Bowler was also put on probation for three years and required to complete 80 hours of community service. Tanya McDowell, she got 12 years for sending her six-year-old son to Norwalk, Connecticut's Brookside Elementary School while she lived in Bridgeport, even though she was homeless. She didn't have an address. I'm like so close to tears. She didn't have an address. She was convicted of first-degree larceny for stealing an education. Kelly Williams Bowler was also sentenced to um, pay $30,000 back to the school district. Uh, I just. (sighs) And again, the audacity to to, to go and like, I'm going to reach out to these people like you. It just continues to be tone deaf and it's the audacity for me and I'm finished. Um, so you're here with me at Faith and Fashion 360. Read up on all of those issues. I could, I literally could be here all day. I really could. I could be here all day talking about it. Um, it is again, something very near and dear to my heart as somebody who works with children, who work with teenagers, who want to go to school, who want to afford the Educations who have to work their butt off for a 4.0 to maybe get a merit scholarship. Boy. When we come back, I'll be talking about a white Spelman student that has been criticized after posting her love for attending an HBCU. You're here with me at Faith and Fashion 360. Get into some music and we'll be right back. It's WFNK all day. It's your girl, Jacinth Headlam, actress and author of Love After. And guess what? You're listening to Faith and Fashion 360 featuring my girl, Brianna Afosu. Love you, girl. All right, all right. We are back here at Faith and Fashion 360. This is your host, Brianna Afosu, and we are live here at WFNK Radio. So I just had a pretty emotional rant regarding Olivia Jade, Lori Laughlin, um, and the Red Table Talk. Um, continuing on with that, um, I'm not sure if I take the same stance as this, but I, again, I think it lends um, a really important conversation about HBCUs, black uh, culture, um, black people attending college and, and being granted access to higher education um, versus 
Caucasians. Um, so a white Spelman student has been criticized after posting her love for attending um, the HBCU. Comments from social media users are in an uproar after a white student named Camilla Rose posted a photo of herself wearing a Spelman sweater with a caption expressing her love for the HBCU. She begins, transferring to a historically black college or university has been my dream for almost two years now. I could never have genuinely imagined I'd be transferring to the number one HBCU in the country, Spelman College, the home of black girl magic. I feel beyond grateful for every facet of my journey and for this immense privilege. The student whose page has since been deleted continued further about understanding her white privilege and all that she intends to do with it. She wrote, I understand the privilege I hold as a white woman in America, and I choose to wake up every day using this privilege to create a more equitable and healed world. Okay. Um... There were a lot of things that people had to say about this, but I will begin. So I think that, again, like I was saying the last segment, um, one thing that's very important in repairing race relations is the ability of white people to acknowledge the fact that they are privileged, to acknowledge the fact that they get opportunities, to acknowledge the fact that they are safe in a lot of spaces that we are not, to acknowledge the fact that they can just be without having to be great. Honestly, Um, you know, I I think that that is important Uh, because if they're not willing to admit that, then the conversation just kind of comes to a halt because then you're never quite able to grasp our frustration and the things that we have to say and the things that we deal with because your blinders are on and they're not coming off. Um, So I think that in her acknowledging that, and it, and it seems even in the caption, which went a little bit further, um, she said, I want to thank my Umoja, uh, my Umoja family, my incredible and remarkable professors, teachers, mentors, counselors, and other loved ones for consistently challenging me, teaching me and pushing me to be my best. Um, it sounds like she went on to, you know, foster new relationships, really kind of learn what she didn't know and and how can you fix if you're not somewhat knowledgeable about what the problem is right and about what the experiences are so I think in that way um you know she definitely did what she could do and I pray that outside of the caption she continues to do the work that she has vowed to do um but again social media was in an uproar uproar um and um I'm, I'm kind of conflicted so someone said wow this headline why is our frustration never valid it's about the white savior complex as a white woman she knows she can fit into any space in society and be accepted spellman is one of the few spaces black women have in america please come correct I will go on to correct that. Um, HBCUs are actually known to be very, very diverse spaces um, because these were institutions created because black people were not allowed at some of the best white institutions. But that didn't stop them from allowing other people in other races and ethnicities in also. Um 
Someone said, we're mad at the fact that a white woman can get into Spelman, but let's talk about how poor black women who get accepted can't go because of how expensive it is. And that is something to acknowledge as well. That's something that I mentioned previously. It's like, you know, I know people who who can work their butt off. I mean, really do all they can for every ounce of their undergraduate education for kindergarten to to 12th grade do all of the community service work because you have to maybe babysit and take care of a a couple of siblings um you know just working against so much to only look at that as okay well that was a nice dream I just wanted to I just wanted to apply to see if I could get in not because that could ever be my reality There's a show on Netflix called Grand Army, and there is a character called Dominique, and um, you kind of watch her. Like, she was a phenomenal student, phenomenal student. She was an athlete, um, and you watch her throughout the season really struggle because she was in um, a home. She was in an apartment with her mom and her sister and their children, and she really had to take on a role of growing up super fast because she was taking care of her siblings. She had to cook. She had to clean. You know, she watched her friends go out and do the parties and, and, and do the, the things that teenagers do. And she was not allowed those opportunities because she needed to work. She needed to make some money and she needed to make sure that she was forging ahead for the future that she needed. Um, And, um, you know, there was an opportunity that came up for her to literally go into an arranged marriage for money. And throughout the season, you watch as her family, you know, is is kind of pushing her into this. So finally, she decided she was going to do it for the money because she knew that that was going to take care of her family. Because she was burning both ends of the stick. She was working. She had her boyfriend. She was doing all of the AP classes at school. And, um, you know, it it really kind of resolved itself at the end of the season. But she saw this girl struggling and she 17, 17 years old, cooking, cleaning, babysitting, doing her calc homework on the toilet in the bathroom just to kind of get a quiet moment. She turned down every party like she wasn't out and about in the mix because she needed to do that in order to get a sliver of opportunity. So I can I can understand the frustration where I see some of the Twitter users who are just like, no, I'm not going to I'm not going to accept this because you know someone said there's a black girl at home right now crying because she didn't get into Spelman. Um yeah, I, I don't know. And I think, you know, part of it also, um, some people kind of read into it. Like someone said, my only problem with this is that she wanted to go to Spelman because it was an HBCU, not because she loved the school or the philosophy or the ideals the school has. She wanted to go to an HBCU because it was an HBCU, which feels icky. Um, and, and I mean, truth be told, I think that, um, a lot of students, again, are Caucasian at these HBCUs. They probably just are not on campus and are not as seen as, as the black students. Um, but there were a lot of other people who, um, you know, shared their thoughts and they were not as bothered by it because they felt like she was utilizing her privilege in a black space in order to, you know, really do something fantastic. 
So I think in that aspect, um, you know, a lot of people were willing to offer her an olive branch. Um, But then, you know, a lot of people went on to provide a little bit more context to the name and, you know, pretty much the history of Spelman College, which was founded by the wife of John Rockefeller. So, um, you know, that one was a bit of a toss-up, I would say. Um, I just think, again, what it really comes back around to is just kind of like the culture and the presence that Black people obviously offer to um, a lot of different areas in our world. And I think that for us to be so disenfranchised and for things to be so unbalanced for us, um, you would think that our society wouldn't borrow so much of the things that we have worked hard to hold on to. So, I mean, that's just also something to think about. Um, but I definitely think that between this and the conversation, you know, regarding, um, Olivia Jade, it is definitely important to continue to discuss those things just to kind of get to some kind of understanding on how we can better serve minorities within the school systems, within the educational systems, so that it's not so unbalanced. Because, you know, you get into situations like that where, um, you know, you feel like you have to work harder just to get half of what everybody else gets, even if, in all reality, you deserve more. Um, So you're here with me at Faith and Fashion 360. When we come back, I'm going to be talking about um, Tiana Taylor, who made a very bold move recently. Um, She went on her Instagram just to talk a little bit about how she is going to be retiring from music. Um, You guys know I love to play Tiana Taylor here. Um, She has definitely come into her own um, lane for sure. Um, I think that, you know, she has kind of kind of, you know, carved her spot, whereas she's not necessarily as big as a Beyonce or, you know, as as big as other pop um, artists. But she definitely has carved a lane for herself where people still know her, still listen to her, still rock with her. But, um, you know, she has decided that she's going to take a step away from music. So I'll talk a little bit about that. And I'm also going to be talking about Amazon who pulled a doll, a black children's doll, from their site after being described with dirty braid hair. So that one's going to be fun. Uh, You're here with me at Faith and Fashion 360. Make sure you follow me at Faith and Fashion 360, the radio show on Facebook, as well as Faith and Fashion 360 on Instagram. Get into some music, and we'll be right back. I'm just a man. We follow God plan. My plan here look like candy. Only one thing that can be. Me never coming here with no backup. If I want chance, we get me one thing. Take that kid and gone. 24 hours. When they find my job. Now you can go hard. Lord. Overtime for the father's business. Rise above them bars and limits. Diligence in all I give it. Got the time for the dark and gimmicks. The all my critics and all my cynics. Shut behind my back on my face, them wickets. Win ball and my place off with it. We hit like Laura Gill, Siobhan Greenwich. Record. I'm 
don't play that. Make sure the man's them hear the song before it makes me sell off. Once them okay that. Can't find them opinions in my ways up. Google Maps now locate that. I take direction from the maker. You want to try software upgrade that? I'm on the hook, not a level now. Mama, hope you watch them down. Told you I'm gonna make you proud. As if I move on again, see how done and tell me if you check it out, me turn it up and load. We come on the Santa. We don't fear them at all. Every giant will fall. Every giant will fall. We come on the Santa. We don't fear them at all. Every giant will fall. Every giant will fall. We come on the Santa. Every giant will fall. Every giant will fall. This is Pinky Tuscadero, and you are listening to WFNKRadio.com. All right, all right. We are back here at Faith and Fashion 360. This is your host, Brianna Fosu, and we are live here at WFNK Radio. So for anyone who is not familiar, Tiana Taylor has been around since I'm going to date myself. Tiana Taylor has been around since um, early 2000s. There was a show called My Super Sweet 16 that was on MTV. And it pretty much chronicled super rich kids having a 16th birthday party. It typically entailed a special musical guest and a car. And, it, you know, they were just 30 minute episodes kind of going through um, to show you how the other side lives. And they were throwing these big extravagant parties there. They would at least have one parent who was super cheap and didn't want to provide any of the extravagance of the party. And then they would go on to surprise them. That was pretty much like the formula of the show. Chris Brown actually did an episode for his 18th birthday party. Um, so Tiana Taylor was on my super sweet 16 and I remember her from back then, but she has gone on to grow, make music, build a family of her own she recently just had a baby um, but she is tearing up the headlines recently because she announced that she is retiring in an instagram post put out last friday tiana taylor used a spotify post of her streams and music thanking fans for the support their support but telling them she would be taking time away she said wow who did that thank you I'm not going to front in times of feeling super underappreciated as an artist, receiving little to no real push from the machine, constantly getting the shorter end of the stick, being overlooked. I mean, the list goes on and on. I'm retiring this chapter of my story with the comfort that I can depart with peace of mind, seeing that all the hard work and passion put in was indeed loved and supported somewhere in the world. To all of my supporters from day one and all my new ones, I love you and I thank you for everything. And don't worry, all hustlers have the understanding that when one door closes, another will open. Either that or I'm picking the locks, Petunia. Um... So, you know, she had posted up typically towards the end of the year. Spotify does this like Spotify rap 
like 2020 artist rap situation so they'll do spotify for artists they'll do spotify for listeners so it'll give you kind of like a breakdown of the the artists that you've listened to um mostly throughout the year they'll break it down by music genre they'll break it down by artists they'll break it down by hours and minutes listened more days listened or whatever i don't use spotify so i'm not 100 sure um but they also do the same thing for the artist so um you know tiana taylor posted up this this um picture she had 162 million streams 8.4 million hours and 15.2 million listeners in 92 countries um so she posted that up and then went ahead to you know share that message as well um so she later clarified her statement on instagram live saying that she thought um, her post was misread by people and it didn't have anything to do with a recent snub by um, the Academy for an R&B category Grammy nomination. Um, So, you know, we all know that the Grammy nominations came out. Lots of artists had lots of things to say. I could talk about that every year because there's always, there's always, you know, a conversation to be had just about people being snubbed, people who have very obviously had better years than others, not getting any nominations. Um, It's just, again, an unbalanced and unfair world. Um, So she said she was not alluding to that. She was not talking about that. Um, She said, like, when I say the shorter end of the stick or being overlooked, I mean by the people who are supposed to support me most, my partners, my label. And then I see comments of people saying, but if you love it, you shouldn't change. You shouldn't let any award. And it's just like everything is a relationship. You can be in love one day and you can be out of love some years down the line. That's where I am with music. She later on went to say the majority of her frustration was towards her label, Def Jam. I do feel like the majority of what that post was, was toward my label that I've been signed to for almost 10 years. Everything that you guys see of me, everything that I put out, everything that I do is like 100% me. My thing about it is there's no gun to anybody's head to do anything that they don't want to do. So yes, I am going to feel underappreciated if I'm putting in 110% and my label is reciprocating what 10% of that. She added that she felt she had no support. I constantly feel alone. I constantly feel unappreciated. I constantly feel failed because there's literally no push. I look at stuff like, why am I not doing that? I asked Def Jam to drop me on 10 different occasions because at this point, I can't let this kill me. She stated that mainly her retirement was about her mental health. I feel like it's a little tiny bit selfish to say, well, what about your fans? Do it for your fans. I have to do it for my mental health. I have to do it for my emotional health. I have to do it for my kids so I can stay alive for my kids. And then she concluded the statement by saying that she wanted the same amount of effort that she put in. She said, I'm my stylist. I'm my choreographer. I'm my director. I'm my everything. So it's like y'all save money in so many different areas. So why don't you take that money and actually put it into some marketing? That's what I mean about the shorter end of the stick, because I don't get the same treatment that every artist gets. Um, So a lot of artists, you know, spoke out in support of her 
the game actually wrote, you know, this really, really touching letter um, in support, just basically talking about her um, decision. And, you know, I think that the biggest part for me, especially with, um, you know, me having given birth this year, is her talking about doing it for her mental health. Um, I think a lot of the times we make certain decisions and we do things for the people that we love so dearly around us because we feel like those decisions are going to make their lives better. But in all reality, sometimes when you do certain things and um, it's to your detriment, whether that's mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, um, you wind up not being able to be a whole for the people that you're doing those things for. So it winds up being counterproductive and it winds up not working out to anybody's benefit. Um, So I think that that part was super important where she spoke about, you know, doing this for her mental health and not necessarily looking at it you know, as a perspective of doing it for her fans, because at the end of the day, I do it for my fans. I'm going to make some money and money is not all that I need. I need my mental health and I need to be in a situation where I feel like I'm getting the most out of it. And I can say for sure that, you know, that decision, though, probably a hard one that she came to when you get to a point where you are doing something that you are gifted with and you're doing it so wholeheartedly in a space and around people who um, are not pouring back into you, you find that you, you don't love your gift, which is not what God intended for you at all. So, you know, um, one of the things that I say is that if I am in a situation where I feel like I don't want to to minister in song, I don't want to minister in dance, I have to look at my surroundings and I have to look inward and say, okay, is the environment, the environment that I need to be in, is this the environment that God wants me to be in so that my gift is at its fullest potential? So I think that that is important too, not to just say, I got this gift, I'm just going to, you know, kind of sprinkle it wherever um, and not make sure that you're doing that in a way that is strategic and in a way that is really ministering and touching people. So shout out to Tiana Taylor for making that decision. I know that that, you know, again, was not an easy one, especially when you're talking money behind it, when you're talking, um, being acknowledged behind it and all of those fleshly things. So I, I really salute her for making that decision. And I think, um, to make that decision and step away from something that, she didn't feel was growing her anymore. She could be stepping into something even greater. Um, so when we come back, I'll be talking about Amazon, um, who pulled a black children's doll from their site after being described with dirty braid hair. I just, I cannot wait. Uh, so you're here with me at Faith and Fashion 360. Get into some music and we'll be right back. Hey, this is Pastor Phil, and you're listening to WFNK Radio, Northeast Pennsylvania's premium urban radio station. All right, all right, we are back here at Faith and Fashion 360. This is your host, Brianna Fosu, and we are live here at WFNK Radio. So Amazon has pulled a black children's doll from its site after its advertiser racially described the, doc- the doll's faux mane as dirty braid hair. 
Amazon was under fire for peddling a product that used dirty braid hair to describe the doll's hairstyle. The 14-inch figurine that bears a brown skin tone included a product description that read, Dolly Yearning 14-inch adorable black doll with casual red skirt and colored dirty braid fashion gorgeous doll for ages three plus interactive playtime bpa free safety you know that this is that's a that's an asian thing i never understood that i'm not even done with the name y'all um let me catch my breath ages three plus interactive playtime bpa free safety product well-designed collectible box (gasps) i mean good lord (laughs) you could have put that in the just like in the description not in the name wow um just a lot going on so it's noted that dolly yearning is a chinese company (laughs) yep who have been using amazon to sell their products for less than a year so if anybody's not familiar vendors can actually get a store on amazon to sell their products um so not always are you getting things so like typically when you order things right and let's say like me for instance i have prime so if i order something straight from the amazon warehouse like from amazon i can get that in a couple days but if it's from a vendor who has to then ship from their location things might take longer so that's just kind of like a a little side um so they have been using their um using amazon to sell their products for less than a year in addition to the black doll the company also sells others however several of them depict white girls with no mention to the color of their skin or the style of their hair for a white doll with two buns and a curly bang the description reads dolly yearning 14 inch adorable doll with denim suit and colored headbands fashion gorgeous doll for ages three plus interactive playtime bpa free safety product well designed collectible box (sighs) catching my breath again um what you know i think that this kind of goes along with this this connotation of being black so amazon went ahead and pulled the product and I think the bigger issue is how we are viewed in different countries and how we are viewed in different societies. So black is not beautiful everywhere. I mean, I know that there are some countries where they absolutely love black people. Um, But in in a lot of Asian countries, we are not viewed as much at all. If, if I can be frank and if I can be honest, if, you know, I can just get real here. Um, so the vast difference in their description of the black doll versus their description of the white doll is not surprising to me because white is gorgeous and bangs are beautiful. And this is just a gorgeous doll. You have to provide um, diversity. So you provide the black doll to kind of quash any, um, you know, talks of lack of diversity but that doesn't mean that i have to push this doll to its full potential because i mean who's gonna buy this you know like there's you know there's just kind of a a connotation and a look to 
black people into what we do with our hair. And this doll's hair kind of looked to me like hair that I've seen hundreds of times. Like it, it looked like it could have been, um, box breeds. It looked like it could have been full locks and it was a really cute doll. Like she's got the, the cute rosy cheeks and the brown eyes and her skirt and her top, like her outfit was cute. Um, but again, somebody looks at that and doesn't deem that beautiful. So I would like to say shouts to Amazon for pulling it. Um, but I, again, I think that there's just kind of this bigger conversation about what is deemed beautiful. And I think that it's so damaging sometimes for our black girls to have to look high and low and so search so hard for things that look like them in all aspects and all of their products in every single way. You feel like you have to um, search high and low for something that looks like you. Um, so I actually am going to go ahead and post this article that I had found, I think I want to say it was around this time last year, um, of black dolls of companies that, you know, specialize and make these dolls, um, for your little girl, for your, you know, whoever, for your niece and, and what have you. Um, because a lot of the times we feel like, because it is a little bit more difficult for us to find some of these products, we settle for situations like this, where somebody probably still would have purchased a doll and it said that it was dirty, you know, and what kind of, images and words to reinforce to our children. So I'm going to go ahead and post that article just, you know, for anybody who's kind of looking to purchase um, some last minute stuff, some last minute things to um, put in the stocking, to put under the tree. Um, a lot of it is affordable. They are kind of, you know, a wide range in price, but a lot of them are affordable. And these are people who really put time and effort into the black features, into the black hair, into the attire. Things were not just thrown together and they for sure did not refer to them as dirty. So you're here with me at Faith and Fashion 360. When we come back, we'll be moving into our Moving Mountains segment. Um, Kiki Palmer reveals that she has Picos. Um... For anyone who doesn't know, I'll give you a little bit of a breakdown that is polycystic ovarian syndrome. Um, and it is something that, you know, affects a lot of women, black, white, um, and other. And um, it is something that really affects your hormones. And, you know, as Kiki kind of pointed out, it affects your skin. It affects your menstrual cycle. It affects your ability to have children. It affects, you know, how much your hair grows. Like it, it affects a lot of different things. And, um, you know, she speaks about, again, this gap in the medical field um, because she was talking about how she actually was misdiagnosed several times and she had to fight to get the right diagnosis. So when we come back, I'll be talking about that. And of course, I'll be talking about Miss Marseille Martin as well. So you're here with me at Faith and Fashion 360. Get into some music and we'll be right back. Joy to the world, the
All right, all right. We are back here at Faith and Fashion 360. This is your host, Brianna Fosu, and we are live here at WFNK Radio. So in a series of unfiltered selfies, Kiki Palmer showed her bare skin with pimples and acne scars and revealed that polycystic ovarian syndrome is the likely cause. But Palmer also said that it was challenging for her to get doctors to take her PICO symptoms seriously, and she had to be her own advocate to get a proper diagnosis. Um, She stated that the condition has been attacking me from the inside out my entire life, and I had no idea. She explained that her acne had been severe for a long time and that she had tried pretty much everything to treat it. That included prescription medicines, drinking more water, and changing her diet. But even then, she said doctors didn't suggest that PCOS may be the underlying issue. She stated it took me taking a personal look into my family that has a history of diabetes and obesity to understand what was actually happening with me. And unfortunately, doctors are people. And if you don't look the part, they may not think that's your problem. They may not even suggest it if you look healthy, whatever that means. I came to a doctor in tears once and all they offered was a measles vaccine. I'm posting this to say that it's okay and we can help ourselves. I do not have a medical degree, but I did the research and I took what I learned to a doctor and that led them to a proper diagnosis. I'm not saying trust WebMD for everything, but what I am saying is no one can help us like we can help ourselves. Um, And let me tell you, if that is just not, if that is just not the experience A lot of times I I will say I will widen that out to say for women, for women. I saw this post the other day about a woman who, you know, kind of shared her difficulty in having a child. So she said that her and her husband had tried several times um, to have a child. She went through several miscarriages um, and she she could not bear, bear children. Um, so she was fairly young, younger than I am. Um, and she said that she went to her OBGYN and she explained the situation to them and she let them know that she wanted to have, um, she wanted to have a hysterectomy. She wanted to have her tubes tied so that there was no vulnerability likelihood of her getting pregnant. And she went on to say that the onslaught of questions and things that she had to go through in order to prove what was going on with her body was so insane that she then had to go back and speak to her husband who went to his doctor and said that he was going to get himself snipped. So she approached her doctor, let them know that this is what she wants to do because she's not able to um, successfully carry a child. And all of the excuses she was given, she's too young. She may decide that she wants to change her mind. Like they gave, she needed to have her husband come in, um, you know, so that they could both be informed of the decision. She had to jump through all of these hoops. And her husband literally had to make a phone call and say, this is what I want to do. No questions asked, no resistance. And for some reason, in 2020, this is the experience. And I would say five times as much for Black women. Um, You know, this was something that I spoke about a while back 
because we are viewed as strong and we are viewed as resilient and we are viewed as being able to handle certain things so we are less likely to get pain meds we are less likely to get the attention we need we are less likely to um, stay within a hospital long and get the quality care that we need Um, you know so I think that Kiki Palmer talking about this is really so it's still very timely Unfortunately, in 2020, there are people policing our bodies, policing the decisions that um, we make in order to keep ourselves healthy. And in times where we feel like there is something wrong, we may be looked at as hysterical or you are not the professional. So um, you are obviously wrong. So this was something that she had been really fighting and grappling with for years it was it was not diagnosed but she had to go on then to do her research and bring them the information that she knew in order to get what it was that she needs um and it's just it really is sad um for anyone who doesn't know what picos is um it's a condition in which hormone levels get thrown out of whack pretty much um when the normal balance of estrogen progesterone and androgens is disrupted this can cause symptoms like irregular periods acne excess facial hair hair loss and fertility issues it's not totally clear what causes those hormonal shifts but experts suggest uh, suspect there are multiple factors that interact with each other to contribute to those symptoms experts are also increasingly understanding that picos often has metabolic link as well and that it's often connected to weight gain and diabetes um you know so she went back she had to really like she had to advocate for herself she had to tell them about her family history she had to let them know who it was um that she was and really prove to them and she really shouldn't have had to do that but suffering for all these years and i've seen that like kiki palmer She's fairly young, but I I had noticed, like, in her teen years, she definitely struggled with acne. Um, And, you know, you see the joke on social media where people say, oh, you know, my skin's clear. Drink some water. Mind your business. Sometimes it's not just the water. Sometimes it's not just um, not wearing makeup. Sometimes it's not just the pillowcases. There are a number of things that really contribute to that. And those are a lot of misconceptions and assumptions as to what is contributing contributing to your skin a lot of the times those are the reasons Um, but if you find that you are struggling with your skin in such a way that you're doing all of these things and there's no change it definitely is worth an extra look so shouts to Kiki Palmer for advocating for herself shouts to Kiki Palmer for um, you know making sure that she got the care that she needs and I pray that if you ever feel that something is off with your body if you ever feel like something is not going right talk to someone and advocate for yourself and do not stand down um so when we come back we'll be talking about our last moving mountains miss marcy martin she was recently named the youngest hollywood executive producer and apparently this is a record so we'll talk about that before wrapping up with our show tonight i thank you for joining me here at faith and fashion 360 get into some music and we'll be right back Mm, yeah. 
Oh, 
Hey guys, this is Jazzy, and you're tuned in to WFNK Radio. Next is Sunday Night Mix Show, then Sunday Soul Food, and don't forget Late Night Journey. All right, all right, we are back here at Faith and Fashion 360. This is your host, Brianna Fosu, and we are live here at WFNK Radio. While her peers may still be learning to drive, Marsai Martin has reached a different kind of milestone. Marsai is also known for playing Diane on ABC's Blackish. She has recently broken a Guinness World Record as the youngest Hollywood executive producer to work on a major production. Although Martin is now 16 years old, she technically broke the record in 2019 as a result of her work on the film Little. 
she just wasn't presented with this award and officially declared a record breaker by Guinness until now. Along with producing, Marseille has also played a lead role in the film alongside Regina Hall and Issa Rae. And little, a tech entrepreneur played by Regina Hall wakes up in the body of her former 13-year-old self. Marseille stated to be able to create a film, to star in it, and be with your favorite stars, and actually seeing that entire experience, it was so amazing. Um, Martin reportedly pitched the idea for the film herself to blackish producer Kenya Barris, who also served as one of the producers of Little when she was 10. After the pitch was accepted, Martin signed a deal with Universal Pictures, developing scripted projects in 2019. Although she wasn't presented with the award until this year, the record acknowledged that she was 14 years and 241 days old when Little was released. She is not only tremendously talented in front of the camera, but offers a unique perspective as a creator and producer that will resonate with all audiences. This was said by Peter Kramer, president of Universal Pictures. Um, Martin will appear in the 2021 edition of the Physical Guinness World Records book. In the meantime, Marseille's production company, Genius Productions, is currently working on another film, Step Monster. Shout out to her. And I left this for last because I feel like, again, um, I'll, I'll say this, just having a transparent moment. I've been 30 years old for two days. My birthday was on the 11th. So, um, you know, I say this because we allow time and age and things like that to really drive so many of the decisions that we make and the the things that we do we feel like I, I remember and I can say that for myself when I was 20 30 seemed like eons away and it seemed like oh my gosh 30 that's it like that's the end of my life what a, like I need to I need to do all of these things by 30 years old because when I hit 30 there, there's no more time 30 is, girl, what? I'm just getting started. I'm just getting started. Um, and I, I read this last just because, um, you know, she did this at 14 years old. She did this at 14. So how much more at 40? How much more can we do at 50 and at 60? Some of you, some of your favorite celebrities, some of your favorite influencers, some of your favorite people really did not get the ball rolling until they were 40, 50 years old. Um, so I say that to just encourage you not to allow um, the time, not to allow the past eight months where you feel like you may not have done everything that you needed to do. Um, you feel like you may not have been the most productive for your days. I say this to encourage you to provide yourself with a little bit of grace that there is no shortage of time and there is no timeline for the things that God has set out for you to do he doesn't go by time there's no clock for him so we look and we say I need to do this by 25 I needed to have my 2.5 kids and my picket fence and he said you're gonna have all of that and more you're boxing yourself in I have so much more for you 
And it's going to happen exactly when it needs to happen. And you're going to go on to set some records of your own, break generational curses, and be the best thing that happens to your family and all of the people around you. So I pray that you guys have enjoyed Faith and Fashion 360 tonight. I've missed it so much. I'm so happy to be back. I pray that you guys continue to enjoy your December. There's a couple weeks left for you to do miraculous and fantastic things, and I know that you will. Thank you for joining me. I will see you guys here next week same time same place make sure you follow me at faith and fashion 360 the radio show on facebook as well as faith and fashion 360 on instagram see you next sunday and as always happy sunday and good night this is my thank you to you this is my thank you to you let's get it
This is my thank you to you. This is my thank you to you. See all of the things I've been through. All of the things I've been through. So this is my thank you to you. This is my thank you to you. See all of the things I've been through. radio show where all good music is welcome and house music is always at home we would love you to join us every saturday from 12 o'clock to 3 p.m eastern standard time that's right where you'll hear everything from classics to disco latin to reggae and of course house music catch us using the tune in app download it from your mobile app store and listen in on wfnk all day and ww WFNKRadio.com, Northeast Pennsylvania's premier urban radio station.